Welcome back to another hour and another week of y'all talk with a southern accent with John Rawl. Catch us here anytime at your leisure, 803-816-1170. Call, text that number, 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at y'all show a busy monday hope y'all had a good weekend i know it was hot for many of you and a a deadly weekend from a heat standpoint we'll have that mixed in our headlines in just a moment also we'll let you know about other news and some crazed news going on around the southeast when we get to our headlines in just a moment also later this hour we'll have hashtag hullabaloo some fun stuff there that we want to share with you and at the end of this hour we're going to welcome in from memphis a very special guest alfred Mylan. Alfred has written a couple of books about his overcoming opioid addiction, and he is a guy who had the world at his fingertips when he started out after graduating from Morehouse College in Atlanta, and he blew it all away because of his opioid addiction. But luckily, Alfred was able to realize, hey, this is not the right thing. I'm going to get help, and because of his help, he's now been clean. I think it's been 18 years, and he's going to tell you all about it and how maybe you, too, can change your life or change the life of someone else. Very powerful interview with this entrepreneur from Memphis in our Y'all Street Business Report coming up later this hour, Alfred Milan. Stay tuned for that. When we get to Hour 2 today, we'll have a look back at the weekend in sports. The Open Championship is in the books. An Irishman wins that. We also had a golf tournament outside of Lexington, Kentucky this weekend, and a connection to President Trump, the winner there. Also, we'll let you know about everything else Major League Baseball related. They just announced the new inductees in Cooperstown. We'll let you know who they are. Plus, it's NFL training camp time this week. Just about every team is in camp sometime this week. We'll let you know who that is when we have our sports review. And then later this hour, the teller of tales from Takapola. Jerry Short will be on, and he's going to talk about the lunar landing as we celebrated the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walking on the moon. And we'll discuss that and what Jerry was doing on that night back in 1969, plus maybe what you were doing also if you were alive back in 69 and we've got other fun stuff to talk to jerry about when we have short stories from takapola with jerry short later in the show we start our headlines today looking at the weather and a scorcher throughout most of the eastern portion of our country it was a deadly heat wave that has blanketed much of the country over the last few days now Luckily, a cold front is moving through the Midwest, and it's going to reach most of the south and east coast today into Tuesday, so that's some welcome relief. But, man, it's been rough. It's been deadly. I'll tell you about the sad news coming from Arkansas in just a second. But on Sunday alone, the heat index, looking at our corner of the country, Nashville had a heat index of 93, Little Rock 102. Oklahoma City was triple digits at 100, Houston 100, Jacksonville hovering right at 100 at 99, Charleston 101, Washington, D.C. 110 on the heat index on Sunday. So cool temperatures can't get here fast enough if they haven't received, if you haven't got cooler temperatures by now, you're desperate for it, but it's been deadly. We know that someone died in Maryland as a result of the temperatures, what's called a heat-related death there and in arkansas this is a terrible story a former arkansas razorback offensive lineman and he went on and played for the new york giants actually helped the giants win a super bowl mitch petrus has died as a result of a heat stroke 
as the Pulaski County coroner said that he died Thursday night at a North Little Rock hospital. He had worked outside all day, according to the coroner, worked outside at his family shop and the cause of death listed as heat stroke. Arkansas deeply saddened by the passing of Mitch Petrus, who played for the Razorbacks in the mid 2000s before going on to the NFL, playing for the New York Giants. But again, dying in his hometown in Little Rock, Arkansas, at only 32 years old of a heat stroke. Eight people have been injured after lightning struck at a beach in Clearwater Beach, Florida. One man was in his 40s, and this happened about 50 minutes from Tampa when a direct hit was on Sunday afternoon. This man went into cardiac arrest, this direct hit, but eight people injured there at this Clearwater Beach lightning strike several others have received injuries after this strike on sunday the man is in critical condition an awful looking thunderstorm there in clear water and again the man struck directly hopefully he'll make it our prayers are with him and all of the victims a father in north carolina of six kids had his neck broken by an intense wave while he was in the surf and it killed him in what's being called a freak accident and the man from Raleigh, Lee Dingle, age 37, was playing at Oak Island in North Carolina at the beach there with some of his children when this powerful wave hit him, according to his wife, in what's called a freak accident. And he died after this intense wave knocked him to the ground and broke his neck. She said he was playing on the beach with three of the kids, and an intense wave hit him just right to slam his head into the sand, and it broke his neck. And according to officials, it broke his neck, his neck swelled, and it deprived his brain of oxygen. And this father of six from Raleigh, North Carolina, 37-year-old Lee Dingle, dying after a wave hit him there in Oak Island in North Carolina. Police in West Alabama say a person whose body was found after a police shooting was dead before the officers arrived in Aliceville, not far from the Mississippi line. The chief of police there tells the Tuscaloosa News that the driver had a dead body in a stolen car and that the officer fired at the car Friday but did not hit anyone. And again, the newspaper reports that officers first tried to stop the Volkswagen Jetta before noon on Alabama Highway 17 and shot at the car just before it hit a police car near downtown in this town of 2,300 people about 100 miles west of Birmingham. This body was in this car, and it had been dead before the car was fired on by police. That is a weird story to relay to you here on this Monday. A woman in Florida has been accused of assault over a pizza slice. 22-year-old DeErica Cooks is accused of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. Authorities have arrested her after they say she tried to attack another woman with a knife when she was denied a slice of pizza. According to the St. John's County, Florida Sheriff's Office, Miss Dierica Cooks became angry after another woman denied her a pizza slice when she asked for one. Uh, an offense report says Cook told the woman, I'm going to cut you with a snake ni- steak knife in her hand and then tried to attack her. Deputies say a man in the house was able to Take the knife away from Cooks. And she told investigators she did not remember much. She, she's in jail right now in the St. Augustine area uh, with this getting assaulted over a pizza slice story. Virginia Democrats have vowed to boycott Virginia's celebration of its 400th anniversary if 
President Donald Trump attends. There's an event planned for July 30th in Jamestown, the site of the first permanent English colony, and it will mark the founding of the House of Burgesses, which was the first representative legislative assembly in America. It's part of a week-long celebration of the state's colonial past, including the first arrival of African slaves in the former British colonies. And the chant after President Trump was in Greenville, North Carolina, has got a lot of people very concerned about the president coming to Virginia for this. Virginia's House and Senate Democratic leadership said in a statement that they will not be attending any part of the commemorative session where Donald Trump is in attendance. The current president does not represent the values that we would celebrate at the 400th anniversary of the oldest Democratic body in the Western world. They added before ending the statement with send him back, a reference to the send her back chant reportedly shouted at the Trump rally in Greenville, North Carolina last week. So President Trump perhaps going there to Jamestown. And if he goes, he'll be there with a lot of friendly faces. I wonder if Ralph Northam, the governor, an embattled governor of Virginia, will be there at Jamestown for the 400th anniversary of the founding there. A black lawmaker in Georgia who's nine months pregnant said that while she was at a grocery store the other day, a white man told her to, quote, go back where you came from. And this, of course, echoes President Trump, what he said in his Twitter the other day. Representative Erica Thomas, this Georgia lawmaker, said in a tearful Facebook video that the man's harassment, which occurred in a checkout line at the grocery store and in front of her daughter, left her shaken and scared. The state representative from Mableton had more than 10 items in the 10-item or less line, but she said she struggles to stand for long periods of time because of her, again, pregnancy of nine months, mind you. She said the man told her to, quote, you lazy son of a blah, uh, you need to go back where you came from. She said, I said, sir, you don't even know me. I'm not lazy. I'm nine months pregnant. He says, you're ignorant, and it hurt me so bad. And my child was just sitting right there. She said, Mama, why would he call you that? Why would he do that? Again, this is her view. She served in the Georgia House of Representatives since 2014. She said store managers at the Publix grocery store in Mableton were slow to respond to the incident. And a spokesperson for Publix said that the chain is committed to creating a safe and welcoming shopping experience for all customers. But she is not happy about this. Again, she confronts the man in a video who allegedly told her to go back where she came from. There's video of the man that she says said those nasty words to her in front of her child there in Mableton, Georgia. I don't know if y'all saw this the other day on social media, if you're on Facebook, this was kind of making the rounds, but kudos to Dom Razzo, a former Navy SEAL, as on the day, I think it was July 4th, there was a video of him climbing a flagpole in Virginia Beach as there's a monument there for veterans. And the flag there became loose at this monument. And he climbed, this former Navy SEAL, he climbed the pole and fixed it. And there's video of him skirting up this pole. And I'm sitting here thinking, watching this, is he going to be able to get up there and the thing not topple over? Well, he sure enough, he, he did it as he went up to the top, clipped the flags loose end to the pole, and then just slid on back down. It looked like this was right outside of a hotel because there's balconies overlooking the beach where he was climbing up on this pole but he got it fixed and that flag there whipping in the wind if virginia beach looks a whole lot better thanks to this navy seal going up there and 
making our Stars and Stripes look oh so good in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Dom Razzo, thank you very much for your service and for your service there of getting our flag squared away once again. A mom has been arrested after her daughter licks a tongue depressor and then puts it back in the jar at the doctor's office. And then this woman, 30-year-old Corey Ward, was charged with tampering with a consumer product without regard for possible death or bodily injury. Her attorney says he believes the felony charge is too harsh. Now, she was a mother in the doctor's office and evidently videoed this. And she said that it's a, that her lawyer said it's tra- travesty and abusive that she was charged with the highest level crime in Florida for essentially recording her kids. She admitted to filming the viral video inside an exam room at the All About Kids and Families Medical Center in Jacksonville. She then uploaded the footage to Snapchat on July 9th with the caption, Don't tell me how to live my life. In the video, her daughter can be seen, be, can be seen grabbing a wooden tongue depressor, licking it, and then putting it back in a jar. And the woman said she told the staff what happened immediately following the incident and did not intend to put anyone in danger. That seems a little harsh myself there, coming from the Jacksonville, Florida area. A little bit farther south in Jacksonville, about as far south as you can go in the Sunshine State, they had the Ernest Hemingway Lookalike Contest at Sloppy Joe's Bar in Key West. And congratulations to a retired banker from the state of Tennessee, as Joe Maxey of Cedar Hill, Tennessee, won the Key West Hemingway Lookalike Contest on his eighth attempt. And this happened at Sloppy Joe's Bar, a hangout of Ernest Hemingway during his Key West residency of the 1930s. A judging panel of former winners chose Maxey from 142 white-bearded contenders who competed in two preliminary rounds and Saturday's finals. And Maxie said he loves Hemingway's writing and shares the author's fondness for mojitos and women. Yeah, he said it, not me. I'm just repeating what he said. And during his Key West years, Hemingway penned literary classics, including For Whom the Bell Tolls and To Have and Have Not. And this man from Tennessee going all the way down to Key West. And with his white beard and white hair, he wins the Ernest Hemingway Lookalike Contest at Sloppy Joe's. Congratulations, Ernest Hemingway Joe Maxey, Cedar Hill, Tennessee. <laughs> All right, now I know if I do have gray hair and a gray beard, I can go down to Key West and perhaps win this lookalike contest. It's really weird to see the photo of all the people that didn't win. They all look identical. It is wild, crazy. I guess that would be considered a pretty cool look, looking like Ernest Hemingway, of course. Don't do like he did and kill himself. When the Y'all Show continues, we'll switch over to hashtag Hullabaloo. And before the hour's out, we'll have a very special and meaningful guest coming on. Alfred Milan's going to come on from Memphis, and he has written a couple of books about his overcoming drug addiction. It's an amazing interview, and you don't want to miss it. It's all ahead here in our Y'all Street Business Report. Stay with us. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. 
Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1313. That's promo code 1313 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Continuing on with the fun here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, it's time now for Hashtag Hullabaloo. Well, we dive into social media and pull out some real fun stuff, some informative stuff, some history and educational things to pass along, all right here on Hashtag Hullabaloo. Well, I was on Facebook over the weekend, as we reported in our first segment, it's been a deadly couple of days from a heat standpoint, and we hope that those temperatures go way down this week and we can get somewhat back to normal here in July. But some people are having fun with the heat, and I saw this GIF that I'll just start off with a GIF here in our hashtag hullabaloo, and it says, how to get a smoking hot body, okay? How do you get a smoking hot body? Number one, you, you got to have a body. Number two, you got to go to South Carolina. And number three, to have a smoking hot body, in addition to having the body and then going to South Carolina, the third and final part of having how to get a smoking hot body is to walk from the house to the car <laughs> and there you'll have a smoking hot body maybe that works in washington dc too we told you that they had a 110 heat index on sunday it's it's been brutal for a large part of the south and hopefully most of you will see temperatures drop at least down into the really cold 90s okay put get your jackets out when it gets down around 90 Boomer Sooner is on Twitter at SoonerNut, and I'm reading this GIF as well. It says, Taco Bell is selling fries. Burger King is selling tacos. Yeah, I can confirm that. Taco Bell is selling fries, and Burger King is selling tacos. KFC is putting Cheetos on chicken sandwiches. All three things are true. Taco Bell is now selling taco fries. In fact, I've got a, a funny thing to tell you about that in just a second. Burger King selling tacos. I didn't know they were selling that until the other day I was in the drive-thru and I saw that. I think they're only a dollar. 
I'm going to check it out. Might be good. I don't know. KFC selling Cheetos on chicken sandwiches. Mm. And the Boomer Center writes, I knew we shouldn't have legalized marijuana. <laughs> so because of the munchies, that's why all these restaurants like Taco Bell, Burger King, KFC are getting very experimental in their menu items. Maybe so. So I was in Taco Bell two times in the last week. I don't go there usually two times in a month, but I was there twice last week alone. And I'm sitting there enjoying my food. I'm pretty, pretty boring. I get tacos and a bean burrito usually. I'm sitting there enjoying my food and I don't claim to be an expert on rock music whatsoever. But there was a tune playing in the background. It sounded like a more of a modern rock song and I knew I hadn't heard it, but it sounded, it sounded great. It sounded like a good song. And then all of a sudden the guy starts belting out about nacho fries. And it turns out it's a song that Taco Bell has at their Taco Bell restaurants about, I, I think they're called Nacho Fries. They're available at Taco Bell. And it was hilarious. I laughed out loud when I started hearing him really kick it up about Nacho Fries. And so I thought, Taco Bell is stealing a page out of Waffle House. If you go into Waffle House, you can go to the jukebox and hear great Waffle House tunes. Well, now Taco Bell has some kind of taco-related song belting out in the Taco Bell franchises around the country. Pretty neat. I still remember, speaking of music and Taco Bell, do y'all know who their first national spokesperson was? He was a good old Georgia boy, and he was a country music star of the 1980s. It was T. Graham Brown. He was Taco Bell's first national spokesperson, at least that I remember, and where you saw him and he uh, maybe you didn't see him i can't remember if he was on the videos or the commercials you certainly heard t graham's great voice and he was back in the 80s that's what he did for taco bell good stuff thank you boomer center for sharing that and sure enough maybe it's because of the legalization of marijuana we have taco bells nacho fries burger king selling tacos and KFC putting Cheetos on chicken sandwiches. I haven't tried that one. Is that one good? If it is, let me know here at 803-816-1170. I'll, I'll make sure we test it out and let y'all know what, what, what y'all think and what I think of it. Black Dog Friday is at Real BDF Band on Twitter. Music makers, dream takers, warrior poets, and beard guides. Also, gun barrel eaters and drinkers of whiskeys. Uh, it sounds like my kind of group there. This is a Dallas-Fort Worth area band, Black Dog Friday. And they put a tweet out that says, Thank you to everyone who came out and packed at Intrinsic Brew. That's the Twitter account, Intrinsic Brew. It was a tremendous show. We left it all out there on the stage for y'all. See you at the next one. Hashtag live, hashtag Texas, hashtag swamp, Hashtag indie, hashtag blues, hashtag rock, hashtag band. They got the hashtag going. If you don't know much about Black Dog Friday, you might want to check them out. They perform there at Intrinsic Brewing. That is on State Street in Garland, Texas. Again, this band is pretty familiar. I think most people in the Dallas-Fort Worth consider them a local band. And if you're there in the Metroplex, you can check out this band, Black dog friday speaking of garland texas we are going to be featuring here in the coming days an interview with an up-and-coming singer from garland who's not a rock and roller this is a country music singer named sarah beth 
Very talented, very beautiful, very Baylor bearish. She's an alumnus of Baylor University, and she's going to be coming on here in a couple of days. We'll let you know more about the date that that's going to be on. But she's from Garland and actually started out working at a restaurant there as a waitress in the Garland area. I don't know if she worked there at Intrinsic Brewing, if that existed in her days of growing up. It uh, sounds like a great place, and I can guarantee you Sarah Beth's going to be a great interview when we get to that here in the coming days of the Y'all Show. And we want to remind you, coming up on Thursday, we've got an interview coming up with the Queen of Bluegrass, Rhonda Vincent. That's on Thursday's Y'all Show. And don't forget, of course, Wednesdays, we'll have our friend Precious Harris dropping by with all the fun from Music Row in Nashville. Taste of the South at Taste Mag, a wonderful website and a wonderful Twitter account. Preserving the past and celebrating the future of Southern food is the mission of Taste of the South. And this was on Sunday. They write a tweet. They put this out. Happy National Ice Cream Day. Customize this old-fashioned ice cream recipe with your favorite flavors for a sweet summer dessert. In 1984, President Ronald Reagan designated July as National Ice Cream Month and the third Sunday of the month of July as National Ice Cream Day. So I knew there was a reason President Ronald Reagan, the Gipper, was one of our best presidents ever. And I now know the icing on the cake was actually ice cream. It was his designating July National Ice Cream Month and the third Sunday, that was on Sunday, July 21st this year, National Ice Cream Day. Thank you, Taste of the South, for letting us know this extremely important information. Up next is a tweet from Andrew J. Skerritt, an essayist, an author, an Arsenal fan, a Caribbean-American immigrant, a progressive, a believer, a father, and a friend. Quite a lot there from Andrew J. Skerritt. And Andrew is going to kind of let us learn a little bit about history here on today's y'all show because he's got history in mind when he put out this tweet this week that we'll get to and cover right now for you it involves well a legendary name in south carolina politics legendary not necessarily in a positive way he put a tweet out that says i would to god the last one of them was in africa and none of them had ever brought to our shores that from senator ben tillman he said that in march of 1900 Okay, that reminds you of what just happened here this last couple of days with President Trump talking about Senator Back and the chant and all that that happened in North Carolina. But it was in 1900 that Senator on the U.S. Senate floor, Ben Tillman of South Carolina, said, quote, I would to God the last one of them was in Africa. None of them had ever been brought to our shores. Now, what is he talking about there? Well, let me fill you in on Pitchfork Ben Tillman. That was his name. That was his nickname. He was the governor of South Carolina from 1890 to 19 or 1894 for four years governor of South Carolina in the 1890s. Then he became South Carolina's U.S. Senator from 1895 until his death in 1918. And he's generally listed as a white supremacist who opposed civil rights for black Americans. In fact, back in 1876, he led a paramilitary group of what's called the Red Shirts, during South Carolina's violent 1876 election, they went into a, a town called Hamburg right across the Savannah River from Augusta, Georgia, and it was a very ugly scene. And I think some blacks were killed there in Hamburg, South Carolina in 1876. This guy ends up being governor of South Carolina in 1890 and serving until 1894 and then a senator for South Carolina for a number of terms. And he... To some people, 
was a hero because, well, he helped create a college called Clemson University, for one thing. They even have their main hall there on campus called Tillman Hall. Also part of the establishment of Winthrop College, Winthrop University now in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Tillman was obviously rather divisive and uh, white supremacist, I guess, is the term we would use today to describe him. He was unapologetic and in front of the U.S. Senate. He got up and said the following statement right around the turn of the century. We of the South have never recognized the right of the Negro to govern white men, and we never will. We have never believed him to be equal of the white man, and we will not submit to his gratifying his lust on our wives and daughters without lynching him. I would to God be the last one of them was in Africa, and that none of them had ever been brought to our shores. And it goes on from there again. This is a a guy with a very well-known dark past, Tillman, Ben Tillman. His nickname was Pitchfork Ben Tillman. He actually lost an eye when he was a young man. He became sick right at the end of the Civil War, was supposed to go off and serve in the Confederate Army, but never served because he got very ill and ended up losing an eye. So you can imagine this scary guy with an eye and then ends up in politics in South Carolina. But a lot of the progressives are very aware, just like this man, Andrew Scared on Twitter is, of Pitchfork Ben Tillman. And those were the words from back then. In fact, part of the reason he was so vocal was there was another U.S. senator at that time in South Carolina who was not exactly in agreement with Tillman, and they actually got in a fight on the U.S. Senate floor around 1900. More to that. If you want to learn more about Benjamin Tillman, Pitchfork Ben Tillman from South Carolina, worth a read, a very scary man. And that's part of the reason we do this here on the Y'all Show. We're not afraid to tell you about our past. Our past is not always perfect. We've had some very bad characters, and Ben Tillman appears to have been one of those bad actors, And but it's part of our past. And here on the Y'all Show, we celebrate our past and learn from our past as well. Well, that will wrap up our spotlight here of Hashtag Hullabaloo. When we come back, we're going to do some good here on the Y'all Show. Alfred Milan is in Memphis. And he has penned a couple of books to help people overcome their alcohol and drug addiction. And we're going to let you hear from this inspiring man. That's up next in our Y'all Street Business Report. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how GEICO not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to GEICO is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Put on my blue suede shoes and I boarded the plane Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues in the middle of a pouring rain W.C. Handy, won't you look down over me Cause I've got a first class ticket and I'm blue as a boy can be Oh, we've got a new week that we're up and going with. Welcome back to the Y'all Show. It's our Y'all Street Business Report with your host, John Rawl. We're going to turn our attention to the Mid-South now and welcome in a special guest, a businessman, but he's had a little bit of a different story maybe compared to other business personalities around the South. Alfred Mylan's our special guest, joining me from Memphis, Tennessee, and he has authored a couple of books. He also is a pastor and a, a speaker that goes all over the world talking about his overcoming addiction, and he's our guest right now on the Y'all Show. Hello, Alfred. Hey, John. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. And of course, how is everything in Memphis, Tennessee these days? Because, hey, it's kind of a part of the South a lot of people go through, but uh, maybe don't have a chance to be there like you do all the time. What's going on in the Bluff City? Man, there's a lot going on in Memphis. As you know, we just had Memphis in May. And uh, right now there's a lot going on with the Elvis expansion. But right now Memphis is uh, booming and uh, changing and glad to be a part of the city and glad to be a part of his revitalization. We're very excited about it. And then you've got a number two draft pick headed your way, a fellow who played at Murray State in college basketball, Ja Moran. He's heading to the Mm -hmm. Memphis Grizzlies. I'm sure people are excited about that. Yeah, sports right now in Memphis is really uh, uh, galvanized again with Penny Hardaway, of course, having the number one pick in the country for college basketball, as well as you had mentioned the number two pick, in the uh, John Morant, mm-hmm. in the NBA. That's exactly right. So we're excited about sports here as well. Yep. Unfortunately, Memphis just missed out on that number one pick. That went downstream to New Orleans with the Pelicans getting the n- number one in, in Zion Williamson. All right, Alfred, how, how are you, by the way, at your balling? Are you a pretty good football, basketball, baseball player? I played basketball when I was in junior high school, and I was a pretty good player. I was a starter at Colonial Junior High School. Shout out to the Colonels. And I ah. uh, love basketball. I actually love all kinds of sport, as you know. Tiger and other things are kicking up right now. So I love all kinds of sports, but I was a basketball fan and uh, a player, and I still love both. And, of course, if you're in Memphis, i got to ask you, barbecue, are you a guy that will find out on the grill working, or do you go to any of the Mid-South area establishments that have wonderful ribs and other forms of barbecue? 
John, you're poking the bear now. Uh, uh, barbecue is my favorite thing here in Memphis. Uh, if you go to Cozy Corner, I think they're the best. The Robinson family, shout out to the Robinson family. Best barbecue to me in Memphis, North Parkway. I grill it and I also eat it. It's my favorite food. I love it. All right. Well, that is awesome. Well, again, you're in the Mid-South area and a place that you're very familiar with, but things haven't always been quite so easy for you. You've had to come over a lot of problems in your life before you kind of got on the straight and narrow path. Give the audience, if you don't mind, Alfred, a a little bit of a taste of, of what exactly happened in your past. Uh, thank you, John. I'm honored to be on your show today. And I I can tell you for me, uh, I'm a college graduate. I went to Morehouse college. I went to central high school here in Memphis. And, uh, my, my book talks about it in detail about how to overcome adversity. There are many people in this country who struggle with many issues, whether it's uh, addiction, uh, whether it's opioid addiction, whether it's gambling, whatever it is. And for me personally, I had a lot of issues as a young person. Uh, my family, my father was very abusive to my mother. And there's a lot of issues I never dealt with. So it began to really affect me when I got older. And so I started out uh, once again, like many people, uh, you know, drinking in high school and things like that. But as I got older, it turned into a full fledged addiction, Uh, even though I was educated, went to one of the great schools in the world, Morehouse College. That's where Dr. Martin Luther King graduated from in 1948. And so education was important to me. My family really pushed that. But I quickly once I got to college in 1980. Five went to college in 83, but in 85, I really got fully engulfed into the drug scene. And for whatever reason, my life began to go downhill. The issue was uh, I was blessed with a great memory. And so I was making great grades in school, but I was really getting deep into the drug scene and things of that nature. And what happened was when I graduated from college, I had one of the best jobs in the world. I began to work for a company called Johnson and Johnson, quickly rose up in the ranks become a great regional director, became a vice president. And so making great money, over $200,000 a year, making great money. But man, my addiction began to grow. And so now it's turned into a $100 a day habit. And then it continued to grow and it continued to affect my life greatly. What kind of drugs were you using? Uh, I was using everything. I've done cocaine. I've done crack. I've done alcohol. Uh, I've, I've tried many things, some pills. And uh, to be honest, I was really trying to escape. And what I've learned in the throes of addiction, that, of course, does not work. I needed therapy. Uh, I had never dealt with my parents' divorce. I found out in therapy that was a major thing for me in terms of my addiction. Even though I was 30-something years old, 20-something years old, there were things in my past I had never dealt with. And so I was basically putting a – this is what I say to my clients. I was putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It does not work. Mm. It what, does not work. So, What was it that helped turn things around? What, what moment happened that said, you know, maybe I ought to clean my act up? You know, that, that's an interesting question. There are many people uh, that need treatment and are afraid to go and they're trying to heal themselves and trying other things. Uh, in 2001, when I went to treatment, it really turned my life around. It was people ask me that question all the time. And there wasn't really a moment or an incident. I didn't see a bolt of lightning. No one came in and did anything crazy to me. And I, what happened was I went to treatment and in treatment, I began to hear things. And I really wanted my old life back, not the financial side. But I wanted peace of mind. I hadn't had that in, man, over 20-something years because I had been using for over 25 years. And I lost my job. I lost everything. I lost the family. And so for me, when I went to treatment in 2001, July the 23rd, remember, like it was yesterday, 2001, I got into treatment. And, man, my life began to significantly, I began to reflect. 
and I had just lost my mother. My mother passed in February 2001 and I was still using heavily. I was at her funeral high. And so it was really serious for me. And so when I got into treatment, I heard something about, man, if you do the things we teach you, your life will get better. And, and, and I did those things. And, and man, my life began to significantly change. And uh, as of today, eight, as a matter of fact, very soon be 18 years of sobriety, 18 years of, I mean, from a homeless state, I was homeless in Memphis to now not having anything in this body in over 18 years. Man, I'm grateful. God is good. Thank you. Oh, that is great to hear. Alfred Milan is our special guest, and he's penned a couple of books about how he's overcome addiction. He's a, a business person based in Memphis, Tennessee, and goes around the country kind of sharing his story. When you were on drugs, did you know that it was not the right thing to do? Uh, absolutely. It's a great question. I, I, I grew up in a great home. Even though my parents, both of them struggled with alcoholism, uh, they, they put great values in me and I lost all of those. I mean, I, I never thought I would have been arrested. I got arrested many times. But here's what I've learned, Ron, is that your past don't dictate your future. Today, I know that many people have made mistakes. It's, it's not what you do when you're down. It's what you do when you get up. And I really believe that I'm a motivational speaker. I speak everywhere. God has blessed me. I go a lot of places. I speak in a lot of schools. And now I'm partnering with the city of Memphis to speak at all of the county schools. And so if there's anyone listening at the sound of my voice. I would encourage you, if you want me to come in and fire up your students and tell them how to be successful. I've been able to become a millionaire doing what I'm doing and also inspiring people around the country and so this really really works god has tremendously changed my life and i want others to feel the same thing that i feel but yeah i knew right from wrong great parents but i tell you what everybody can lose their way but it's how you come back i think is the difference awesome and if you're in shelby county and you want alfred to come to your school or if you're outside of shelby county in tennessee or in other states in the south you can reach alfred his email address is alfred at alfred associates.com a simple way for you to say hey alfred we'd love to have you what is it going to take for you to get to our part of the south again the email address alfred at alfred myland and associates with a s on the end dot com and you did overcome that 18 years ago and you've penned a couple of books now as a result of your experience your first book around midnight a personal journey and guide to drug and alcohol addiction and your latest book which people can email you and find out how they can get a copy of their own is called the addiction trap tell me about these books and how you turn that morehouse education into pinning books yeah, I, I, I thank you so much. For me, I'd never written a book before. And so it was a journey. It was interesting. I've always wanted to write a book and I would encourage anyone who wants to do so to go and get up and do it. And it took me about two years to write. And my latest book, The Addiction Trap, is really a phenomenal book. It talks about my entire journey. But inside that book, I also talk about solutions. I think that's important. As a parent, if I was a single parent and my child has started to use drugs, how do I, uh, if, if I've never used drugs before, how can I help them? All of that kinds of things are, are in the book. I give a solution versus just my story. Everybody got a story, but how do you overcome it and how do you get better? All that's in the book. And see, the addiction trap is really an, an important piece because many people don't understand I can have a back in injury and now I'm taking opioids and now I'm addicted. 
So it can easily happen. It can become a trap if I'm not careful uh, because things happen to people who never sought out like me to become an addict. I never raised my hand in high school and said, ooh, ooh, I want to be a crackhead. I do. That me. That's me. I want to do that. <laughs> that's not what happened. But life can throw you some curveballs and how you overcome them. All of that is in my book and it will encourage anyone. It's a good rags to riches story that would encourage anyone that God is able to do it. Well, there's so many innocent people that have been touched by drug addiction and I don't know if we'll ever solve the Middle East problems and get peace there permanently i don't know how we're going to solve this opioid addiction i know we're hoping to make strides and and improve that in fact i just read on the show this week the number went down by 1,000 victims of opioid overdoses in the last year that's a good sign but it's still around 70,000 people a year that die literally lose their life because of opioid addiction and we want to change that any way shape or form What is your best advice, Alfred, for somebody right there listening to us today? What can they do to do what you did and go seek help? Yeah, I recommend, uh, you know, Googling and finding out if there's a treatment facility near them. I think that's important. Uh, Going seeing a therapist is critical. I think that's also important and also would help me. Uh, There are many facilities, not only just in Shelby County, but throughout the country, Alabama, Georgia, wherever you are, where people who exclusively work with people who have opioid addictions and or cocaine or marijuana addiction they work with them they understand how to deal with this issue it could be a comorbid condition where a person has some mental health issues combined with that so they're drowning the mental health they're hearing voices or whatever and so they'll take drugs and we think the person has a severe heroin problem but they really have schizophrenia it happens all the time so i recommend they google and find a way to get someone to help them that's a a licensed professional to help them but i think getting the information will be extremely important for them to get better and help is out there you can google you might have a family member or friend that can help you but also in your case alfred i'm sure this has been a part of your recovery you're a pastor so how much can faith help someone in their effort to get back on the straight and narrow uh john uh, my faith is extremely important to me i'm a believer and i think uh that has kept me sober uh the route to uh my recovery has been um, for me, I, 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 the shame of addiction is still to me just like depression. There's a stigma around it. And so my faith to me, when people come to me, when they see me, when I speak and they see my energy and they see how I am, they want to know how did I get here? And I can just tell you my faith was my journey to get here. And, and I really thank and just thank God for, for, for me, for putting into me to want to help others. To me, it's not about money anymore. It's not about prestige. It's about seeing another person getting their life together like I did because I put my family through misery for so many years. And now my faith is allowing me to go out and help somebody else and let them know you can overcome it as well. Well, we all make knucklehead decisions in our lives. And unfortunately for you, those knucklehead decisions happen. But the good news is you're not a statistic you've overcome that you're still alive that's great news you didn't overdose 20 years ago hopefully you're also going to tell me something positive here do you have a relationship with a family that you kind of tore apart during your addiction uh i i I did and and the answer is i do i had a child that came out of that and the good news is uh, of course i see my son every day every other day awesome and so absolutely that is another reason why it's a great question john another reason why i do this is that addiction tears families to the core 
They really do. People are in prison. They make knucklehead decisions, as you just said, which is true. I was a chief knucklehead, so I understand that. And what's so important, though, people need to understand my pain, John, now has become my purpose. Mm. I know what God has created me to do, and I know that was to inspire people, to encourage them, and to show them that it is possible. And that's what I do, and I love it. All right. Well, we're excited for you and glad to hear that you are on the right path. Again, if you want to reach out to Alfred Milan, his uh, email address is Alfred, A-L-F-R-E-D, at Alfred Milan, M-I-L-A-N, Alfred Milan and Associates.com. If you'd like to have him come speak at your group or business, as this is our business spotlight, and there's so many people in our businesses across the South who are affected by opioid addiction, drug addiction, whatever the addiction might be, mental health issues as well. Well, have Alfred come out and give you a purposeful and meaningful speech that will make a difference in your life. And he's also penned the books Around Midnight, A Personal Journey, and A Guide to Drug and Alcohol Addiction. And the new book, hey, reach out to him about this one, The Addiction Trap. And he's based in Memphis, Tennessee. And Alfred, we really appreciate you taking a little time from the Bluff City to connect with us on the Y'all Show today. And hopefully we've made a difference. John, God bless you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Alfred Milan, everybody. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Street Business Report. That will wrap up our first hour of today's show. When we come back in the second hour, we'll take a look back at the weekend and sports, the Open Championship, and more. And we'll get to the short stories segment of our show. Jerry Short standing by and Takapola. We got all that coming up as the Y'all Show continues. Hang on. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. We're back for another hour of y'all talk with a Southern accent. And once again, I want to thank Alfred Milan for coming on at the end of the first hour with a touching story and an inspirational story about he overcame addiction and how you too can seek help and maybe find help for a loved one. And let's end this opioid addiction that's been going on way too long in this country as we start off our second hour of today's y'all show talk with a southern accent we're glad to have you aboard we've got jerry short coming up in just a few minutes 
as he'll talk about, well, whatever's up in the uh, world of Takapola. Short stories with Jerry Short coming up in just a few minutes. And, of course, we've got our sports recap. Before we get to the sports recap of the weekend, our number, 803-816-1170. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Y'all Show. Also find us on our website, y'all.com. Our Facebook page is y'all.com on Facebook. And, of course, the streaming apps, iTunes, and also iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app. Just search for Y'all Show. And we're right there waiting your free download. No excuse for you to not be able to connect to us here on the Y'all Show. We start our look back at the weekend in sports and the world of golf. The final major of the year was held in Northern Ireland and at Royal Port Rush. Shane Lowry, he made irish fans and fans of the the not only country of ireland where the country that he's from the island of ireland where northern ireland rests on the island of ireland say that five times fast <laughs> but shane lowry who is from the republic of ireland he won the open championship even though the irish uh, the island of the country of northern ireland there had not hosted a, a open championship it's been 68 years since the Open Championship was in Northern Ireland. As it returned to the Emerald Isle, the Silver Claret Jug now rests in the hands of the burly Irishman Shane Lowry. He just did well. The 32-year-old just did great out there. He closed with a 1 over 72, the first time since 1996 the Open Champion was over par in the final round. But it was some rough conditions on Sunday in Northern Ireland, and he was able to finish at 15 under with a 200, a 269 score. And Shane Lowry wins his first major. A couple of years ago, he had a chance to win a U.S. Open, but Dustin Johnson bested him in the final round. Lowry gets it done here again on his home island, winning at Portrush, Northern Ireland, with his first major. And a congratulations to him. Americans, Tony Finau was the top scoring American. He finished all alone in third place. It was a rough week for the Americans. Mickelson, Woods, and others all find themselves cut heading into the weekend. But uh, Americans, as far as Southerners go, I, I think I saw someone there that Matt Kuchar was in the round, but I kind of lost him. Brooks Kepka, he did not do too well on Sunday and didn't finish in the top three. This guy looking for his first Open Championship. But the winner is the Irishman, Shane Lowry. A big-time, successful weekend for the fans of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Now, if you were one of the best golfers in the world, you did get to go to the Open Championship. If you weren't, you got to participate, if you wanted to, in the Barbizal Championship. That was held stateside in Nicholasville, Kentucky, at Keene Trace Golf Club. And Troy Merritt was the defending champ of that particular tournament with a purse of $3.5 million. And on Sunday... Donald Trump's buddy, Jim Herman, picked up his second win on the PGA Tour as he shot one better than Kelly Craft and got the win in Kentucky. And why is he Donald Trump's friend? Well, it was Donald Trump, the president, back when Jim Herman was an assistant pro at his golf club in New Jersey. Trump encouraged him to shoot for the PGA Tour, and Herman did just that. And I remember Trump was running for president in 2016 when Herman won back on the tour a couple of years ago i think in houston was the tournament that he won the shell houston open and now herman wins again and congratulations to this golfer who is from the cincinnati area but lives in florida now jim herman winning the barbasol championship and i think it was around a six hundred and thirty thousand dollar payday for winning this tournament that a lot of people don't even know goes on but yes it goes on counts towards your fedex points 
and I think it might even get your punch uh, ticket punch to the Masters. I think. Now that would be a great thing if he's back participating in that. He was cut when he played in the 2016 Masters. The Hall of Fame in baseball has picked its new class, and we've got the list of the new inductees. Probably the headliner is Mariano Rivera. And what a great thing for the country of Panama, because the president of Panama actually was at the induction announcement on Sunday in Cooperstown, New York. A pretty good statement to have the president of your country available. Mario Runt Rivera, who, of course, was a huge player for the New York Yankees for a number of years. He's going into the Hall of Fame. The late Roy Holiday, who, of course, was a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, among other teams, and died in that plane crash a couple of years ago around Tampa Bay. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Mike Messina, who pitched for the Baltimore Orioles, He's going into the Hall of Fame. Edgar Martinez, Martinez going into the Hall of Fame. Also, Lee Smith, who played for the Chicago Cubs. He's headed to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. And Harold Baines, also Cooperstown bound. Those are your six players inducted in the 2019 class of Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame. And a great lineup there. Did you see or hear on Friday evening there was almost a perfect game in baseball and in the ninth inning unfortunately for mariners pitcher mike leak he let a hit happen and it ruined his perfect game bid the mariners did beat the la angels 10 nothing but it was fun according to leak he says that you get closer you get shakes and you have to calm yourself down other than that it's just a matter of making pitches and unfortunately for him it almost was a not just a no hitter a perfect game Leak pitched into the ninth inning when his 79th pitch was cleanly hit between the first and second baseman, and that ended his perfect game, but a, a great statement there. Some real good pitching going on in Major League Baseball right now, and that is a fun thing to see here as we approach the month of August. Kendrick Norton, the Miami Dolphins player who had his arm amputated following a car crash near Miami earlier in July, has now been designated a non-football injury and he will be waived by the Dolphins, and they will actually pay him, although he's lost his arm by placing Norton on the reserve non-football injury list. The team is able to pay the 22-year-old his full salary. According to the Florida Highway Patrol, Norton's Ford F-250 crashed into a concrete barrier in the early hours of July 4th, and the U of M, University of Miami product, underwent at least six surgeries before he was released from the hospital last week. He won't be playing as his arm's been amputated, but he is getting his pay and all of his medical bills will be covered by the NFL and Dolphins insurance policies. Good news there for the Norton family after this terrible loss of his arm earlier this month. Hey, it is training camp time. The Denver Broncos got things started last week. The Atlanta Falcons report to Flowery Branch today to start the training camp for that team. Here's a list of all your NFL teams and their start date for veterans and the location that they'll be having their training camp heading into the season the arizona cardinals get started on july 24th at state farm stadium in glendale arizona falcons again today in flowery branch the baltimore ravens also on the 24th at their center in owings mill maryland the buffalo bills start on the 24th as well at st john fisher college in rochester new york carolina panthers get started wednesday july 24th at their usual location wofford college spartanburg south carolina on Thursday, the Chicago Bears report to Olivet Nazarene University in Burbanus, Illinois. 
The Cincinnati Bengals get started on Friday at Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Their first camp practice will actually be in Dayton, Ohio, though. The Cleveland Browns start on Wednesday at their training complex in Berea, Ohio. The, the Dallas Cowboys are all the way out in California training, and they start they start their practicing on Friday. Broncos already practicing. We already told you that. The Detroit Lions, they start up Wednesday at their training facility in Allen Park, Michigan. The Green Bay Packers start Wednesday at St. Norbert College in De Pere, Wisconsin. The Houston Texans start Wednesday at Houston Methodist Training Center in Houston. The Annapolis Colts get going Wednesday at Grand Park in Westfield, Indiana. The Jags get started at Tia Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida on Wednesday. The Chiefs on, let's see, Friday, they get started at Missouri Western State University in St. Joseph, Missouri. The L.A. Chargers, they start out their training on Wednesday at Jack Hammett Sports Complex in Costa Mesa, California. The Los Angeles Rams, Friday, they start off at University of California, Irvine in Irvine, California. The Dolphins start Wednesday at Baptist Health Training Facility in Davie, Florida. The Minnesota Vikings begin their practice on Thursday at TCO Performance Center in Egan, Minnesota. The New York Football Giants begin Wednesday at Quest Diagnostic Training Facility in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The New York Jets start on Wednesday at Atlantic Health Jets Training Center in Florham Park, New Jersey. The defending Super Bowl champ New England Patriots begin Wednesday at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. The New Orleans Saints start Thursday at the Saints training facility in Metairie. The the Oakland Raiders begin on Friday at Napa Valley Marriott in Napa, California. Tough place to start their training there in grape country. The Philadelphia Eagles begin Wednesday at NovaCare Complex in Philly. The Pittsburgh Steelers begin on Thursday at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. The 49ers start Friday at the SAP Performance Facility in Santa Clara. Seattle Seahawks start Wednesday at Virginia Mason Athletic Center in Renton, Washington. The Tampa Bay Bucks start their practicing on Thursday at Advent Health Training Center in Tampa. The Tennessee Titans start on Thursday at St. Thomas Sports Park in Nashville. And the Washington Redskins start on Wednesday at Bon Secours Washington Redskins Training Center in Richmond, Virginia, and that's your start dates of all the NFL teams as they start them up here in this week, and some have already begun practice, as we said. Sad news from the world of NASCAR, as a crew chief has died, Nick Harrison, he died overnight after Saturday's Xfinity Series race, and NASCAR announced his death during the driver's meeting before Sunday's race at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, honoring him with a pre-race moment of silence. He was just 37 years old, and he was a crew chief for Justin Haley, who finished in 13th place in Saturday's race. Again, NASCAR crew chief Nick Harrison dead at the age of 37. On Sunday, Kevin Harvick won at the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at New Hampshire Speedway, his forward besting Denny Hamlin to get the victory. And some sad news coming from the world of college football. Over the weekend, former Florida International University defensive back Emmanuel Lubin died in a car accident at age 21. FIU announced Lubin's death in a statement. Head coach Butch Davis called the North Miami Beach, Florida native, a hard worker and a great teammate. He played 45 games over his career in all 13 games his senior year as the Panthers went on a program best record 9-4 and and won the Bahamas Bowl and he'd been pursuing a degree in liberal studies, according to the school. But FIU defensive back, former player Emmanuel Lubin, dying in a car accident in the Miami Beach area on Saturday night. That is a look at headlines from the world of sports as we recap the weekend. When we come back on y'all, we're going to switch over to the Teller of Tales from the Takapola area and find out what Jerry Short's got to say. That's up next. 
Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1313. That's promo code 1313 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Well, hello. Welcome back. It's y'all as we continue our fun here on Mondays. And here with the teller of tales from Takapola, we find ourselves talking to Jerry Short on the Y'all Show. Hello, Jerry. How's it going? Well, it's going good. Did you survive the historic weekend, not just because we went to space, but my goodness, most of the South was roasting this past weekend. Oh, yes, it was. It was hot, 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 hot. And uh, but I think we had it better off than uh, some of our brethren in the northern cities areas. The way they uh, unless they just can't take this heat, but uh, I'm sure we had more humidity. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I haven't spent lots of times up there, but it's true that most of your really far northern cities don't even have that much air conditioning, right? No, they don't. It's kind of like. Uh, Going to Miami, if it turns cold and you're in Miami in a hotel, it used to be years ago, there's no heat. So, you had no heaters to <laughs> put them in. So, you know, places that don't think they need it. I was watching, unfortunately, where they had a crime scene up in Canada on television. I noticed today that the uh, Royal Mounted Policeman that came out to be interviewed was wearing a jacket 
and button down and and he was on the Canadian Alaskan uh line where that happened. So, you know, it's where you are when you are and there you are, huh? Hmm. Yeah, that's a real tragedy it looks like that happened above the border there. But Jerry, it was a historic weekend, not just because of the heat and it and sadly as we reported in hour one, took a number of lives across the country. This past weekend, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of man landing on the moon and making the first steps by Neil Armstrong. Jerry, I happen to be after, be born after the moon landing, so I don't remember can't be, can't be. it. Yeah, I know. I know. I know I sound okay. like an octogenarian most days. Gosh, in here. I don't know, man. And you just yeah. do that. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I was born after 1969. So I'll mm. ask you as a guy that was very much alive well, in 1969 yeah. in more than one way. Your memories of that day, that night, and just how important was it in 1969 when man landed on the moon? Well, I think it was really important because we had been building up to it. For you know, it, in looking back, it don't seem like when you just put the years together, like when John Kennedy said, "We'll put a man on the moon before the end of the century, uh, end of the decade." It, you know, it seems like you know that's not very long. But if you were living it. And Russia was in there with us, and we was having a space race, and and they had a Sputnik up, and, and you lived in the country, and you'd read in the newspaper, hey, if Sputnik goes around the Earth every 90 minutes, and what time is it going to come back over our area that we can look like a star in the sky, you know? They even sang some songs about it. So we had, you know, it, it drug out a long time if you were living it, but in a history book, you can make a couple of paragraphs and from the time president Kennedy said that till it happened, it just in the blink of an eye, but a lot of things went on. You know, we lost a couple of astronauts on the pad, Cape Canaveral, uh, the first ones. And, uh, they didn't, I don't think they got astronauts till 1959. I think the first astronauts and they were test pilots, most of them. So they had to learn the business also. I heard the other day that, uh, there was 400,000 people involved in that project mm. of putting a man on the moon. It worked for the government. So it was a big thing. And by him putting a time limit on it by the end of the decade and to come along and the next two presidents said the same thing, you know, and we did it. Uh, and everybody was kind of baby breath, just you're going to make it, you're going to make it, or is it going to make it, or can it, is it possible? You know, we kind of thought, felt like, uh, you know, as young people, when it, it started with me, I was a young person. I guess by 69, I wasn't that young. But your biggest your fear was that could it make it there and back? And could it go through all that atmosphere? Could it go through gravity? Could it go through this? Could it uh, the fuel not explode? And, you know, there were so many. If you wrote do's and don'ts down on a list, of, hey, are we going to make it to the moon by uh, the 20th of uh, July? You'd say, no way. You know, there's just too many no's, not yeses in that list you'd write down. But uh, as it worked out, we did, and uh, almost in with 13 coming back. But uh, we did, and it worked out really good. And my memories of that night uh, – <clears throat> Well, I, I was in, in the reserve component then, and I was at Camp Shelby, Mississippi. Not NASA and, Reserve. 
No, uh, <laughs> that's the reason. But we, my, if when I say component, it's not going to be too high up the, up the food chain. Trust me. But, but um, I was down. We were at Camp Shelby, and I can't remember if I brought the television. I want to think I did, but I may maybe I did. We brought a TV. We put it in the barracks, a black and white television, and we put it in the barracks. And we took combo wire from the communications department of the military unit. It was a it was an artillery unit, uh-huh. and they had lots of extra combo wire. We call it combo wire, and we strang that from behind the TV, went out the barracks window, went up the top, and went up with some. Uh, we took about 10 uh, clothes. Everybody, of course, everybody had to hang their clothes. So everybody had closed uh, hangers to hang them on. So we bent all that and made us some homemade aerial. And we put it up as high as we could. We had to get tree climbers for combo section and put it up really high. So we thought we was going to have this great uh, view. And it was like looking through a snowstorm, but uh, you could see it. But you couldn't see it like we thought we was going to be able to see it. But Everybody gathered around in the barracks, and uh, and there it went, you know, and, and they come off, and and it was one step for man, and uh, one great leap for mankind, and all that. Uh, it just it it made you really patriotic, and because you'd been you'd been in that race with Russia, and boy, did that uh, that made you think. Oh, go ahead, Russia. What do you think? Hit your heart out. Did Russia? Did they come out and say in that time period that they intended to go to the moon as well? Yeah, that was their intentions, and we got ahead of them. We outspent them, kind of like when Ronald Reagan was there. I think. Now they put, you know, they put a dog in space before we did, and uh, the cosmonauts were. Uh, they were trying to get there, but they was. We never will know. How many accidents happened as they was trying to blast off? Because they, you know, the press would do. They were the press, I guess, and uh, so they wouldn't tell if they'd have an accident like we had. You know, ours was all public. People could park at Cape Canaveral and sit around down there and watch a spaceship take off. You know, so uh, Russia, we feel like I said we feel like. That was kind of the consensus then that uh, they were having a lot of a uh, lot of accidents and losing a lot of people trying to get you know equal with us or ahead of us. So it was it was a real race. Uh, it was a, it was a horse race. It was a Kentucky Derby, hmm. and uh, so it was it was something to beat them. And then it was Khrushchev, you know, and he'd been over here and he'd beat his shoe on the table and the UN and say, you know, I'll bury y'all and uh, we'll put y'all under without even firing a shot. So it was more to it, you know, in the Cuban missile pri- uh, crisis in 63 and things like that. We had so much going on with them. And then President Kennedy got uh, assassinated in Dallas and then Johnson come in. And of course, he put the Space Center headquarters in Houston and Named him the Johnson Space Center, you know. Did Houston and have it, any kind of NASA component prior to that? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know why they would, because it just really does not fit. He trained in Huntsville. Everything was so political that they tried to spread everything around so much, you know. 
But they and, and you know they change in the Bonneville uh, trained in the Bonneville uh, salt flats too for speed, and uh, all those pilots and all. Of course, they had to adapt to a whole new situation with weightlessness, and they would go through. Uh, you know, well, you've been to Huntsville a bunch of times, I'm sure. And I I, I went later, and they trained in those uh, big uh, water tanks, you know, for weightlessness, uh-huh. and all. And all that, uh, you know, it was a lot involved, but it all, you always wondered, like you said, did it have anything in Houston? <clears throat> I don't know why you had to spread things all over the country. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you could land, if you had to, you could land in California. Uh, and that was, I guess, in a uh, bottle of soft flats. You could land there. But, uh, the, you know, then it was a capsule-type situation, and it parachuted into the ocean. And then you had a ship on standby, and you had radar, and no GPS or anything, but you had radar, and you had a way to go ahead and uh, recover the capsule immediately and get them out quick, and hopefully nothing went wrong in that endeavor. So Russia didn't have the same thing. They were going to land on land. <clears throat> I think I've always felt like that may have put them behind a little bit, the way they did that. Oh. And uh, their whole system is – you know, it's kind of like parachuting. <clears throat> the Germans landed on their knees, and we did PLFs and landed on our sides. <clears throat> so, every it's how you do things and how you can get to the from A to A to Z quicker. And I think we did. We just flat beat them, and out of pure doggone uh, want to. You know, that's just my opinion, yeah. of course. Well, you talked about the various political components of NASA then and now as well i'm not familiar with any kind of major nasa presence in the carolinas nor in georgia and we know about what they have in huntsville at the marshall space flight center in texas at the johnson space center and also in florida of course at cape canaveral mississippi has the john c stennis space center and jerry jerry do you know what goes on there yeah it was originally put there as a test the booster rockets Mm -hmm. And you know, as you had to come down the Ohio River, <clears throat> you had to go into the Mississippi River, you had to come out of New Orleans, then you had to go to uh, across the intercoastal canal and go all the way into Florida to Cape Canaveral. So <clears throat> they decided that they could test the rockets at at uh, at Stennis. Well, like I was talking about Johnson in the Johnson Center, Stennis was ahead of the. Uh, <clears throat> Of uh, what committee did he have? The uh, uh, one space it, uh, it military is a military end of the thing. Armed services. So I feel like he probably you know, armed services. He was over there. <clears throat> I feel like uh, he probably had a lot to do with that component of it coming to uh, Hancock County, Mississippi, and uh, because it's right there in line. And why would you? Have the, uh, the the rockets up at Huntsville, Alabama, and the only way to get them to Florida, you've got to go up the up the Ohio River and then uh, to Tennessee, Ohio, and then to, down to Mississippi and all the way around. So you can tell how much politics was played there. That'd just be my opinion. Now, I, just looking at it like that, that's what I think. It was well, more politics. That would make sense, but it does make some logistics sense, too, 
because it does take a whole lot more for rockets to end up out of the Tennessee Valley in North Alabama to Cape Canaveral, save a couple yeah. of weeks maybe by having yeah. them tested there at Stennis. We're talking with Jerry Short. It is the show that's all about the South. This this is y'all. We've got the teller of tales from Takapola. Jerry, did you think you would survive 50 years to look back on this and say, my goodness, it's been 50 years since man walked on the moon, and we have done some great things in our society since then. But, Jerry, I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> how in the but, world How in the world could we put men on the moon and walk and, and re- safely return them to space? And, Jerry, this happened to me three times in the last week alone. I went, I went into a bathroom, and I couldn't even get soap out of the dispenser. It's one of those deals that are activated by <laughs> the sensor, and, and you put your hands up, and you know there's soap in there, and it won't come out. How is that possible that I can't get soap out of a dispenser, but we can walk on the moon 50 years ago? Well, maybe we don't have uh, 400,000 employees <laughs> doing it like they had. I mean, they bound to have all the bases covered everywhere. And they would have had to. I understand that they did the rehearsal for the moon landing. They did that uh, 600 times. Mm. Now, you know, that is a lot of times to rehearse. That'd be like a football play. If you were a football practice and they're going to say, go deep left, okay, and do it 600 times. How did it get done when sometimes it seems like some of the simple things today are so complicated the way we can't make uh, – toothpaste come out of a tube sometimes. Yeah, I have that problem too sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you say, what in the heck's going on here? Well, like I said, you know, they had they had 400,000 employees, so they had all the bases covered. Uh. And they they continually thought it all out. And that's the reason the Tennessee Time Bigby Waterways here. Basically, it was to make sure you could, if the Mississippi River wasn't navigable, what we call it like it has been here in time lately, they could go ahead and ship stuff down to Tim Town and get it to Florida quicker for the space uh, program. Didn't know and that. that. That had a lot of lot to do with that. And you know, we really don't need that. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that I don't think we do anyway. I don't, maybe we don't, I don't think we do, but maybe somebody out there <laughs> needs it for fishing. We're talking with yeah. Jerry Short, the teller of <laughs> tales from Takapola Way, and we are not done with Mister Jerry. When we come back, we're going to wrap up today's show. I know he's got something else he's wanting to share with us, and we can't wait to find out what exactly that is. Jerry, give us a little hint. What what you going to talk about when we come back? Uh, let's see. Something similar to if you made it to the moon and then you tried to escape. All right. Well, can't wait for that. That's coming up as we conclude our Monday, y'all. Stay with us. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard, the bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. 
I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant, and I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Back into the final segment of this show, the Y'all Show, Talk with a Southern Accent. We've got the Teller of Tales from Takapola joining us now, Jerry Short. I'm John Rawl. Good to have you back here again. If you want to connect to us, our number, 803-816-1170. Jerry, final segment here. What, yes, sir. What else would you like to share with the all y'all well, audience? Well, I was thinking we was talking, when we were talking about this moon situation, I was thinking how you could get in a situation that you were kind of trapped and how you would get out of it. So uh, I had a good friend that uh, normally we would, you know, the theater's about, uh, as we call it in those days, the picture show. That's about the only thing that you had to do during the week or any other time when we were young. So we were still walking, didn't have cars. And I'd say we were maybe 15 or something like that. Were you that. born in like 1895 or something? No, it was before the turn of that century, though, I think. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I mean, did you grow up idolizing uh, Charlie Chaplin or something? I was a minus millennial. But uh, yeah, Charlie Chaplin, he was one of my favorite guys. And uh, that was just a lot I could go, you know. I think Lauren Hardy for sure. <laughs> but but he, anyway, um <clears throat> Well, where was, I going? where was I headed with this? But I'd go by, we'd go to the theater or picture show. I'm going to call it picture show because we did. We'd go to the picture show. Uh, and Sunday night was a night that we'd go a lot, this friend of mine. And at the same time, this was like, I would say 1961. I think Bonanza was about the first show that was a regular television series that was in color. And this friend of mine loved Bonanza. And for some reason, I wasn't the biggest Bonanza fan. I'd rather go to the theater on Sunday night. So I'd walk, I'd say, I'd see him that afternoon. We're going to go to a theater show tonight. Oh, yeah. And I'd go by his house. And I'd get to his house and I'd say, Tommy, you ready to go? <clears throat> he said, you know, I think I'm going to stay and watch Bonanza tonight. How many times he did it with me out there? But this was a night that he probably wished he'd have went on, but he didn't. And and I mean, stayed at home, but he went. He went with me, and we went on to the show. And after the show was over with, uh, we could see a, a glare of fire and smoke in the background. So 
naturally we we wanted to be young heroes from watching some probably an Audie Murphy on movie or something we just saw. So we figured we could go ahead and do the same thing. So we followed it. We followed to get to the fire. It didn't hear any fire engines yet or anything like that. No, no fire, no fire sounds going on. So we followed it, and it had a huge sawmill in uh, town then, and it had a lot of tenant houses around it that uh, people who worked at the sawmill lived in, and they would burn their sawdust at uh, lady over the weekend usually, and this was a Sunday night. But it would, a lot of times that sawdust wouldn't it would burn, but it would spark and it wouldn't finish and. It was a fire hazard, really. You couldn't get away with it now. Well, like you can, I know for sure. But uh, it caught one of those houses on fire one time, and a, and a child burned up and died in it. So we figured it was something serious enough that we needed to hurry, and we hurried up there. And we go in this. Uh, nobody, nobody go in the house. It's just, it's just roaring with fire and, and smoke, and he wouldn't go in there. And, and we was talking, where, well, where's what was going on? If we got everybody out, we don't know. We don't know who's in there. And so we decided, heck, let's go. And we busted on in the front door and went through the front door and opened the door. And there was a couple of other people. And this happened to be a black uh, family. And they they were just huddled up in the kind of in the corner. And when we come through the front door and left it open, the smoke went out and they ran out. You know, they went on and ran out the front door. Well, we thought there was one other room in the back. And we kicked the door down and see if anybody's in there. And it was getting to the point that the roof was going to fall in on us. Now, we're staying in here not knowing what the heck we're doing, who we're rescuing, what we're doing, or anything else. But we kicked that door open, and this man that the law had been looking for, this criminal guy, who at one time had been a pillar of the society of the community, he had worked for Studebaker as their number one salesman and had been a of mechanic and then he, later he was fixing lawnmowers and then I don't know what he was doing at this time but he for some reason he had a walking cane with him when we kicked the door out he come by us swinging that walking cane moving as quick as he could and we were trying to stop him and he ran through that front door and ran out and jumped off the porch and everybody was hollering there he goes there he goes there he goes and the law <laughs> come up and they said where'd he go where'd he go and then we come out the front porch, and the house fell in shortly there afterwards. But he was a uh, escaped, and he got away. And uh, he 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 was a guy that uh, I don't know if they were hiding him out or what the situation was. I never did really get his police report. But we were trying to save a dang gangster. He might as well say we risk our life at fifteen years old in that house to do that. And uh, that's kind of what I said about the moon while I got those guys risked their life, but they had ro- royalties coming after they finished. And I don't know where they got any royalties out of hours. I got home and I know I got lectured and uh, I might've got more than lectured and I probably deserved it. But you had a visit anyway, with the board of education. I think a, a return visit with the board of education. It knew me well, but uh, we, we, we may have had another name for it at my house. I think I think we just flat called it punishment, <laughs> punishment of the first degree. So anyway, that was uh, something that was on my mind about that point. I don't know why I thought about that when I was thinking about why I'd hate to be trapped on it. I thought about how that guy was trapped. And, uh, of course, I think he had already r- lost his good name. His name wouldn't have been 
the shame. The shame would have been him hiding out like that. But uh, anyway, that was uh, that was one of the many, 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 many things that would happen in our childhood and and those those good years. Yeah, we look back and we say, you know, like uh, like the president said, make America great again. You know, let's did he say that? Huge. Did he say that? Surely not. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. He said something similar to that. I heard him the other night saying that, uh, you know, I love that saying. I love that saying, he said. He said, but we're gonna, we're not going to drop that saying, but we're going to say, keep America great. You know, that's like the new saying, keep America great. So uh, I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm probably a Trump fan. Well, maybe, maybe so. Now, you're talking about, did you watch the speech he gave in Greenville, North Carolina? The one that- Yes, I did. I watched it from ear to ear. Okay. And uh, thought it was very good. And uh, I thought maybe at 13 seconds, uh, they're trying to make it worse than Nixon's uh, spot. It's off of his tape. How many seconds was it? But uh, you probably know you're right on top of him. Well, you're talking about where they chanted, uh, kick her out. Yeah, it was 13 seconds, and well, he didn't correct he, him. He did the same thing he kept doing with the Hillary Clinton locker-up chant. He would walk away from the mic whenever the crowd started yeah. doing that. And he could have had the John McCain moment, if you know what I'm talking about, back in yeah. 2008, whenever the woman yeah. said something nasty toward Obama. He said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Yeah, we're not here. He's a good man, right. something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. And Trump could have taken the high road and done that, but that's not Trump's style. Well, he took the Trump road, and that's the road I'm on. So, okay, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I, he probably, you're right. I mean, you know, looking at it both ways, you're you're right. He could have said something, but hey, if you walk out on the stage and talk an hour and something, and you being a journalist has probably had to do that a bunch of times, and uh, you know, it's not really that easy to hear and see everything simultaneously, and then be able to change it from a negative to a plus you know so you know he probably had to think a little bit you know so let's knock it down to about seven seconds well none of those four women of the squad are from the south they're all freshman congresswomen and my only concern as a conservative kind of guy myself is is he giving them ammunition is he helping them out by getting the fire stoked the first thing I thought of, and, his first, and I told my wife, I think he's done this intentionally to try to unite the Democratic Party together where Pelosi has to pull in there and try to see how she can get this thing under control, which she's not. But as it fire bills and bills, it looks like there's more and more and more coming against them, as the party I'm talking about. I think we'll find out a lot next week on that debate where all this is going. But uh, if you saw uh, one of them come back to Minnesota and she had a welcome party for her and one went back to New York and had this and that. And, you know, we've got all kind of problems with them. It's a lot of socialism. I feel like I'm just like the president is. I feel like there's a lot of socialism. I feel like it's a planned thing. I feel like it's a planned thing on their part. Those four, and I, I really do feel like it, Trump has tried to set them up to unite together, and that makes them look bad as a whole party. Are you saying he's setting them up to where 
even if you're a casual Democrat, you're almost having a race toward embracing that side because they're embattled in their fight. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's setting them up to where if you're a casual Democrat, if you're a, a, a blue dog Democrat, that you're going to go away and become an independent. Okay. And then it's going to be. Or a, embrace them. Yeah. I, th- I think the more he puts them together as a group, as a socialist group, I think he can pull votes away from them. Or they may not even vote. But either way, is just as good. Uh, even if they don't vote. Well, okay. That's, and his, if I'm looking at it from his perspective, because it's a, a non vote. Against him is a vote for. Yeah. Well, we're not even to August yet of 2019. We got another year and a couple months before the general election, and it's only going to get more passion and more and more higher. more landmines coming. Are you worried at all as a Trumpian about Mueller being in front of the Capitol this week? Uh, yeah, I am. Not not so much Mueller. I, I'm worried as a as a Trump uh, supporter. That it's, it's not him or what he's doing that I'm worried about or who's going to be there or who's going to say what. I'm more worried about the constituents that are out there to vote. I'm more worried about the type of people that just seem like they don't have any common sense. But things seem like just have some common sense and, and it all should clear up in your head. But we're not getting that from these people, I don't think. And, you know, of course, I'm looking at it from my point of view, obviously. You know, I'm not one of these uh, spokespersons on uh, CNN is saying what they what they feel, and they do say exactly what they feel. These correspondents and these uh, media type persons. Are you but, saying, uh, suggesting that there's a lot of common sense around Takapola? If it hadn't been for common sense, I don't know if we would have got the first corn stalk up or not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to say we got lots. We loaded with common sense. And I think common sense will take you a lot further than a degree. Well, I can't say Harvard or Yale or somewhere like that because that's all the uh, people that are hiring. They want to see that degree. It'll take you further than most degrees will take you. Let's just put it that way. Especially if you are, say, um, you're, uh, gosh, what's some of the things? They, they keep adding so many of these things to the curriculum. It's hard to keep up with some of them. your appreciation of, you name it, and it'll be on there, you know. So what are you going to do with that degree? Well, if you have appreciation of uh, uh, backwoods fires and stuff like that. So, well, I've, I uh, Jerry, I've got a couple of degrees, both undergraduate and graduate degrees. But one thing I don't have is I don't have a degree from UT, and I really feel cheap. I really feel like I didn't get a full education not having that UT degree. Well, it's carry a long ways. and uh, You know what UT is, right? Yes, I did. I, you're talking about University of Texas at Austin. No, I'm talking about University of Takapola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I was going to say Tennessee was my next one. Oh, but, you had a good chance. But no, no, I'm talking about I should have gone to the University of Takapola and gotten that degree in common sense. Now, we did have a good curriculum in Takapola. One of these days I'll bring that uh, 1937 book i've got on their rules regulations and academic qualifications and their teachers you you would absolutely be shocked i don't believe anyone can get through a, a junior college today if what you had to have to get through taco Pola, 
high school in the thirties. Man, and I, I need to I, find out. We need to talk about that, Jerry. We will. Good luck. Go watch the University of Takapola Land Sharks play sports sometimes. And wait a minute now. Where, where, where are the catfish? Oh, is that what y'all are? Okay, yeah. sorry about that. We're catfish. Okay. We're, we're going to take a. We're going to take a. We might be the with meth catfish. Okay. Like the meth alligator. Oh, yeah. Meth, the meth <laughs> catfish of the University of Takapola. Jerry Short, thank yeah. you, sir. It was great to catch up with you. All right, pal. Hang in there. Have a good week. All right. That is the end of our show today. Thank you all for listening. As we've covered it all here, appreciate Alfred Milan for coming on in hour one, helping us discuss this whole opioid crisis. And again, Jerry Short here in hour two. On Tuesday's Y'all Show, we'll have our political report. We'll have our barbecue report and much more. Wednesday, we've got plenty of music coming your way with the news from Nashville and Precious Harris, ACC report. And on Thursday, the queen of bluegrass, Rhonda Vincent, will be dropping by for a great interview. If you like bluegrass music, we've got it big time on Thursday. All that all this week on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We will see you tomorrow. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed.